0: Job, please hear my speech and listen to all my words. Behold, now I open my mouth. My tongue in my mouth speaks. My words are from the uprightness of my heart, and my lips speak knowledge sincerely. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Refute me if you can. Array yourself before me. Take your stand. Behold, I belong to God like you. I, too, have been formed out of the clay. Behold, no fear of me should terrify you, nor should my pressure weigh heavily on you.
1: Okay. So, one of the things that Elihu does that the others do not is he mentions Job by name. I think about 10 times, you know, he will say something and address him as Job, or at least mention the name Job. Maybe it's not all in addresses, but the others do not do that. But so we here in verse 1 However, now Job, please hear my speech. He said, Behold, now. I open my mouth. He's calling attention to the fact that he has begun speaking. A fact that would probably be a little hard to miss, even if he hadn't said that. But uh, he wants to make sure we know that.
0: ensuring you know he's not talking with his mouth
1: closed <laughs> yeah, or yeah. I am talking. Everybody realize that? Uh, I need to get a little louder. Um, and he's speaking from the uprightness of his heart. He's speaking sincerely. You know, this is really what he believes, you know. And, uh, he, he believes that he's got something to say. He said, if you can, refute me. You know, uh, and, and you ought not to be intimidated by me because I'm a man just like you are. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess Job had said he was afraid he couldn't answer God. Well, he wouldn't have that same fear about Elihu. Uh, so you shouldn't feel intimidated, shouldn't feel pressured. Um, so I am talking and I am a man. You know, uh, <laughs> it, it does take him a while to state the obvious.
0: Well, I'm wondering if, you know, in your introduction, you know, you kind of pause for a second, or like people start whispering. You know, maybe they're talking amongst themselves. Like, hey, you know, listen up. Like, I'm the one that's talking
1: here. He is the kind of guy that would tend to lend itself to people whispering, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, none of that. Everybody's attention.
1: Which teachers in school had the hardest time getting attention? sometimes the ones that went on and on and didn't say anything, if they kept it interesting, people tended to listen better. So, yeah, you, maybe so. <laughs> maybe he's got a reason for saying, listen up.
0: I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah
1: I'm fine with that. I mean, I am, I, I think he's funny. I think this is overdone. I'm still not negative about his contribution. He's got more to say than the friends, even if it takes him a while to get around to it. Yeah. And he's, he's getting pretty close here now to actually saying something. Uh, so, uh, I thought it, he was going to go into more detail about the, the air passing the vocal cords, <laughs> causing them to vibrate,
0: <laughs> creating vibrations in the air which land upon your ears. <laughs> he hit the tongue and the lips and the, and the yeah. mouth. And the, well, I like how I said that I'm not as with my tongue in my mouth as opposed to <laughs> my toes on my foot. <laughs>
1: the tongue on his shoes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he. Did, did, it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anatomy lesson here at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, it's certainly easy. It is easy to uh, to enjoy as uh, a certain strange way well, how Elihu presents himself. <laughs> You know, I, it's hard for me to, ima- in me to imagine Job in his condition finding this comical, but uh, but for us it is. Well, he,
0: again, he makes the claim, well, refute me if you can. Yeah. Again, type a type of... Uh,
1: yes. And, of course, reaction. it's funny because he had not said anything yet. What are you going to refute? I'm talking.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's your
1: tongue that's doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Nobody can refute the fact
1: that he is talking. Yeah, that's right. I'm full of words? Yeah, looks like it. I think we can verify that already. But he does have some things he wants to talk about. So let's move to uh, that. Basically, he is going to kind of outline where he's going. Now, he's not the easiest one to follow, but I would consider these next few verses to kind of uh, delineate the directions he's going to go in. So, 8 to 13.
0: Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard the sound of your words. I am pure without transgression. I am innocent, and there is no guilt in me. Behold, he invents pretexts against me. He counts me as his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks. He watches on my path. Behold, let me tell you, you are not right in this. For God is greater than man. Why do you complain against him? That he might that he does not give an account of all his doings.
1: Alright. This is his restatement of what Job was saying. And he really talks about three different things Job said. In verse 9, what's he saying Job was saying? I'm mean, well, uh, One of the things that is debated is whether or not he was accurate in his portrayal of Job's position. Would you consider that accurate? I would. That's debated, but yeah, I think that is what he said. Uh, in ten and eleven, what does he say Job is saying? He's out to get me. Yeah. God's perverting justice and and persecuting me. Is that accurately what Job said? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I'm good with that. Now he he responds to him. For a moment in verse 12, you're not right in this, for God is greater than man. Although he will have more to say about the response to that later. And then in verse 13, um, he doesn't just he doesn't quote Job here, but he makes reference to what Job was saying. What does he say Job was doing in 13? Complaining. That
0: God won't tell him what's going on. God
1: won't answer him, God won't tell him what's going on. Is that accurately what Job said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, From my perspective, he's, he's right as far as some of the things Job was saying. It, it, again, it's hard to outline him, but I think these statements of Job are the basis for what he says. I think in more or less reverse order. I think what he says in verse 13, that God won't answer him, is basically he's responding to that in chapter 33. That God perverts justice, he's basically responding to in 34. And that Job's innocent, he basically responds to in 35. That's, now, it's like say, I mean, he's long-winded even in some of that. But he can kind of get far afield. But I think more or less, that's what we have. So I think Job complained, God didn't answer. But, but in the rest of chapter 33, Elihu is going to say, but he does answer. You need to listen. And he's going to describe some ways that God answers. So, do you have a question or comment through 13? So,
0: you outlined 33, 34, 35. Yes. Elihu continues. 36
1: 35. and 37, particularly the latter part of 36 into 37. Is really building up to God's arrival, so it's really not so much an answer to (laughs) Job. All right. Um, Well, God answers now, fourteen to eighteen.
0: Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices it. In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men when they slumber in their beds. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may turn man aside from his conduct and keep man from his pride. He keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from passing over
1: into Sheol. So according to Elijah, how does God answer? In dreams. In dreams. That, he's got several ways he's gonna say he answers, <laughs> but that's the first one. God speaks to man in dreams, although he doesn't notice it uh sometimes um, and why does god speak to men in dreams according i mean why does he communicate with men uh, according to elihu so they won't be proud so they won't be proud and therefore so that and they won't fall into the pit they won't die young they won't fall into the pit whatever yes so that god positively and and uh you know, beneficially speaks to man in dreams now I don't know if we want to go there or not there certainly have been sometimes God communicated with somebody in a dream I'm not sure we ought to see this as a regular means of divine communication that's use view that you can't say God doesn't answer because one of the answers he gives is dreams so I I would uh, I would hesitate to affirm that uh, but that's that's what he says Comments and thoughts on that way God speaks. The next way might be a little more useful. 19 to 22. Man is also rebuked with
0: pain on his bed and with continual strife in his bones so that his life loathes bread and his appetite is the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted away that it cannot be seen and his bones that were not seen stick out. His soul draws near the pit,
1: and his life to those who bring death. Okay, now how does God speak to man here?
0: Through suffering.
1: Through suffering. Now that's not punitive so much as it's a means of communication, trying to turn man back from his sins. You know, he is saying that some suffering is God communicating, God chastening, God disciplining. You, you know passages that talk about the discipline of God, like Hebrews 12. Now, is discipline pleasant? Is it beneficial? Yeah. It, it's painful. You know, it wouldn't be discipline if it wasn't painful, but it's for a good purpose. I think that's basically what he's trying to say here, is that, that God chastens with this pain and with various bad things, um, but 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 this is chastening. This is God trying to correct man. God trying to to you know remedy man's situation. This is not God just retribution. God's retribution or God's punishment. So that's the second way he thinks God communicates. Comments or questions on that? I'm just kind of
0: thinking back in verse fourteen, how how much people apparently respond more through God communicating in dreams versus God actually just saying something. It says God speaks once or twice and nobody like really cares. And it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a sad thought. I think that people just don't really...
1: Though I think he means in a dream there, oh, but really? you're right. Okay. When God, when God really does speak in his word, people ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. All right, 23 to 28. Here's another way God answers.
0: If there is an angel as mediator for him, one out of a a thousand, to remind a man what is right for him, then let him be gracious to him and say, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Let his flesh become fresher than, than in youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. Then he will pray to God and he will accept him, that he may see his face with joy and he may restore his righteousness to man. He will sing to men and say, I have sinned and perverted what is right, and it is not proper for me. He has redeemed my soul from going to the pit, and my life shall see the light. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, So here's another means of communication through an angel as mediator. Now, this is a debated issue. Does this mean angel like celestial angel, or does this mean like messenger angel? which could even refer to human being. That's certainly debated. But he's saying that God speaks to him through these messengers trying to save him from going down to the pit and trying to restore him to his youthful vigor and uh, helping him to learn about his mistakes so that he can repent and not go to the pit. but I won't be dogmatic at all, that it, it's probably better to see this as a human messenger, and Eli, you may mean himself, or himself and other people like him, that sometimes God speaks to us through messengers that correct us. And that, you know, as God speaks to us in dreams, in chastening through a messenger, the whole point is God wants to deliver us from the pit. God is trying to keep us from being punished. You know, the friends thought, this is punishment, you're you're going to be lost. You know, Elihu sees whether it's uh, the dream, whether or not it's the chastening, whether or not it's a messenger, all the point is trying to keep the man from an early grave. And so God is blessing men in these ways.
0: Even though verse 22 says that his soul draws near to the pit because of the suffering,
1: yeah perhaps I mean you know suffering may lead him to be weaker or whatever but I think the point is it's chastening not that it necessarily will result in you know correction but that's God's desire for it let's so go ahead and do the last section and then we'll reflect a little bit more on this chapter because this last section kind of fits with all of it uh, 29 to 33
0: Behold, God does all these oftentimes with men to bring back his soul from the pit that he may be enlightened with the light of life. Pay attention, O Job, and listen to me. Keep silent let me speak. Then if you have anything to say, answer me. Speak, for I desire to justify you. If not, listen to me, keep silent, and I will teach you wisdom.
1: Well, yeah, he's pretty convinced he's got something to say, but, but, but what is he saying? God does this to for what purpose?
0: To bring back his soul from the pit. Yes.
1: Yeah. To, to, to keep him from dying, to preserve his life. You know, this is not punishment. This is God seeking to turn a man back to him so he won't be punished. So the afflictions are God's love for man seeking to rescue him. They're not God's uh, anger. Um, God has a merciful intention. I think that's a lot better than any of their friends have come up with. You know, that suffering along with some other communication, maybe a human messenger, dreams, whatever, uh, that that God does communicate. He communicates seeking to keep man away from death, trying to help turn man around. So does God speak to man? He would say yes. And and we ought to look at the things that God does and see them as a way of God trying to bless us. So for me, practically, if you're being chastened in affliction, what can you learn from that? What is God trying to teach you? How is God trying to help you from you know making some terrible mistake? If it's a if it's a another person who's been sent to you to help you, you know how can you benefit by that? What what can they say that's going to help strengthen you? So. I see him saying God does communicate dreams, chastening, and a messenger, and you know it's a blessing that he does, and we should, we should benefit by that. God is trying to, in other words, even the suffering, God's trying to bless a man, not punish a man with the suffering. I think that's better. Even though it took him a while to get there, I think that's a positive contribution. I don't even think he says it real well. I think the friends in Job are clearer. He's a little muddy. But but I still think that's better ground than we've had so far in these speeches. Comments and thoughts?
0: So does that mean he still thinks that Job did something wrong to merit this chastening?
1: I don't think he goes there. Okay. I mean, maybe you could say it's corrective or it's, you know, I don't know, it's trying to uh, perfect Job. But I don't think he really is trying to think about what he did, it's just that these things will help him and draw him closer to God. But he's rejected them, so he certainly sinned, but I think he sees the sin as because of the suffering, not not contributing to the suffering. Yes? (laughs) Do you have a comment there, Sophie? So, comments and questions on 33. First 24, uh, can you
0: explain who's speaking when it says deliver him from going down to the pit I found around them and what they're talking about?
1: Well, you know, if this angel or, me, or, or messenger, you know, um, reminds him of what's right, then he ought to appreciate that and ask to be delivered from going to the pit. You know, so this is a blessing. If God sends somebody along to to help him, then appreciate that, and you can find this as a way to escape from that.
0: So does Jesus answer this this ransom for us? Would that be something to draw from that, or is that going too far?
1: Maybe, maybe. I mean, he's saying here that... um, Yeah, uh, well, maybe so. I don't have a good statement. Other thoughts? <laughs> well, 34, one to nine.